Welcome to Idgits and Nasbutts, a supernatural podcast. I'm Rochelle. And I'm Lynn. And today we are talking about season one, episode 19, called Provenance. We start out in New Paltz, New York. Uh, we're looking at a creepy old painting of a family. There's a man. I'm sorry. There's a mom. <laughs> <laughs> and a dad. Two brothers and one daughter. The camera pans down to the bottom corner of the painting, and you can see an open straight razor. Uh, there's a man hanging the painting above his fireplace. His wife says, I can't believe we actually bought this thing. The wife goes upstairs to get in bed while the man locks up the house, and we see uh, the dad in the painting move his head to watch the wife go up the stairs. Which is super sketchy. Also, like, why would you buy that painting? It's creepy. There's no reason. I don't understand people buying paintings of, like, stranger families. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense to me at all. Like... I don't know, you'd think if you were to get something that you didn't know, it'd be like scenery or, you right. know, an animal. <laughs> not just some rando just family. Like, it's like, oh, these people, they're in my house. I don't know who they are, but they're in my house. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to be fair, there's, my mom has these paintings with like little kids or whatever in them, but they're like a, there's like a theme to all of them, right? So like. But they don't look like real No, children. they don't look real. They're yeah. very much like, you know. I don't even know what you would call that, but still, yeah. I can't stop staring at them. <laughs> look away, look away. I can't. Okay. Okay, the husband walks by the painting on his way up the stairs, and we see the straight razor is no longer in the picture. The husband finally gets to the bedroom and puts his hand on the bed, and you can hear a wet, squelchy sound. He says, <laughs> yeah, I know. He says, you smell something? Then he turns on the light and sees that his hands are covered in blood and his wife is dead with her throat slit. She got turned into like some chunky soup right there. That's not even like. Yeah. I mean, there's so much blood. It's not even like. What do you think he's smelling? Because he's like, do you smell something? What do you think he's smelling right then? I mean, if you like, okay, I don't know about you, but like blood to me, like you can kind of smell it. Oh, yeah. It's got that like kind of coppery. Yeah. And like, so. I would assume that that's probably what he meant. That's where my mind, like, immediately My brain immediately went to, like, vacated bowels. (laughs) (laughs) I went to wife soup. (laughs) Bloody wife soup. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's involved. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So um, then something approaches him and he screams. And we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to Sam and Dean in a bar. Dean is getting a girl's number. Surprise! (laughs) While Sam is sitting at a table looking through newspapers for a case, Sam motions Dean over and says to him, I think I've got something. Dean says, oh yeah, me too. I think we need to take a little shore leave just for a little bit. I'm so in the door with this one here. Sam asks, so what are we today? Are we rock stars? Are we army rangers? Dean says, we're L.A. TV scouts looking for people with special skills. (laughs) By the way, she's got a friend over there. I can probably hook you up. What do you think? Sam says, no thanks. I can get my own dates. Dean says, yeah, you can, but you don't. (laughs) Sammy, always the (laughs) buzzkill. I know. (laughs) He's always like, this is the reality of the situation. Dean's like, dude, live a little. (laughs) I know. Dean is, like, lying about... I mean, I guess he has to lie about their I job. mean, what is he going to say, you know? Right. He could really be anything, because, I mean, if he tells people the truth, they're going to think he's a nut job. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
I mean, he could be whatever he wanted, and it could be completely unrealistic for them, but people aren't going to know as long as they're not telling them that they're hunting creatures, you know? Right. (laughs) So I went to, like, Chelan last summer (laughs) with a friend, and she totally lied about what she does. I can't remember if it was, like, what she does for a living or, like, how she spends most of her time, but, you know... She she told some lies to some strangers, and I was deeply uncomfortable with it. I was like, I'm a stay at home mom, and I got a kid. That's it. That's, That's all, all I, do. I know. Yeah. That's what I do. I just like I couldn't even handle like like she started lying, and I was like, I don't even know what's real and what's right. Like I don't know how to how to react to this situation. Yeah, even it doesn't really involve me. Yeah, it was totally totally awkward, and I was like, maybe I should start lying. Yeah, that's what I was. Should I lie? Is that a thing? Like, are we just like making crap up now? I know. It was, it was so, like there was no like precursor like hey, I'm going to do this. So it just took me totally by surprise, you know? <laughs> so anyways, um, then Dean asks what Sam has found in the newspaper. Sam tells him about the Telescas, who are the dead couple from the beginning of the episode. Their throats were slit, no prints, and no murder weapon. All doors and windows were locked from the out from the inside. Dean thinks it could just be some regular murder, not their department, but Sam says that Dad says differently. In Dad's journal, he noted three murders in the same area of upstate New York, the first one was in 1912, the second one in 1945, and the third in 1970. Same M.O. as the Telescas. Uh, so much time passed between the murders that no one checked the pattern except for John Winchester. He always kept a lookout for another one. Dean says it's worth checking out, but can they wait until the morning to start looking into it? <laughs> what a player. I know. Sam says, yeah. And Dean says, good. Uh, and goes back to the good-looking girls at the bar. He says, ladies, did you miss me? Listen, I talked to my producer and it's looking pretty good. So So apparently Sam is a producer now. Yeah. We cut to the morning. Dina is passed out in the car with the windows down and sunglasses on. Rough morning for him. Yeah. Sam reaches through the window and honks the horn. Dean wakes up with a start and and Sammy laughs at him. Sam says he just swept the house with the EMF and it's totally clean. Uh, He checked the history of the house while Dean was with the bar girls last night. There have been no hauntings, no violent crimes. There's nothing strange about the Telescas themselves either. Dean says if it's not the Telescas and not the house, then maybe it's the contents, a cursed object or something. Sam says the house is empty, no furniture, no nothing. So we cut to the Telescas estate sale um, at an auction house. Everyone there is dressed up pretty fancy, except for Sam and Dean. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I wrote that. I wrote, of course. Um, Dean is hoovering hors d'oeuvres when a middle-aged man uh, asks them if he can help them with anything. Dean says, I'd like some champagne, please. <laughs> Sam and Forrest. He knows. Yeah. There's no way he doesn't know that yeah. that guy's not a worker. Yeah. He's just being a dick, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sam informs him that he's not a waiter. He introduced himself as Sam Connors. He says they are art dealers with Connors Limited. The man says he is Daniel Blake, and this is his auction house. He says this is a private showing, and they are not on the list. He's a little bit stuck up about the whole thing, though. Yeah, he say. is. Like, that he, he's me. just, like, totally offended at their lack of, like, suits. Yeah. Is what I feel like. I mean, I'm pretty sure if they would have dressed like everybody else in there, he probably wouldn't have even bothered but yeah. with, like, going by them. You know, because yeah. there's no way he knows personally everybody on the list. Right, exactly. You know? like, I mean, maybe, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, um, we're there, Chuckles. You just need to take another look. 
then grabs a glass of champagne from a passing waiter. They walk away and start checking out the merchandise. They notice the painting when a girl walks down some stairs nearby and says, a fine example of American primitive, wouldn't you say? Sam replies, I'd say it's more Grant Wood than Grandma Moses. But you knew that. You just wanted to see if I did. She says, guilty and clumsy. I apologize. She says her name is Sarah Blake. She's the owner's daughter. I forgot about Sarah. And I realized, like, when she showed up, like, when I rewatched this, I was like, oh, I liked her. (laughs) She's pretty lovely. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, I really like her. She's probably my favorite, like, girl of the first season. She's my favorite Sammy girl. Well, mm, I don't know. I to mean, be determined, I think, but I think she's probably maybe besides Jess. Yeah, I mean, so far she's my favorite besides Jess, but there, like in later seasons, I think she's still one of the top ones for yeah, me. Yeah, I can't think of another Sammy girl in later seasons that I like. Yeah, there's one that I think I kind of like. That's but... human. <laughs> Are you talking about the non-human? <laughs> Well, I want to know now. You can't just There's shush me. There's a lot me. of non-human. I know. Are you talking, do you like Sammy better with a non-human or a human girl? Because I can't think I of any know. other human girls that I, I think, like. Mm, I can't, I give it away. I, I give too much away. Okay. <laughs> I'm so curious. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> okay. So she's the owner's daughter. Sam introduces her to Dean, who is still stuffing his face. <laughs> Sam asks Sarah about the Telesco estate and if he can see the provenances, but her dad comes over and kicks them out. So we cut to Sam and Dean walking into a motel room. Dean asks about the whole Grandma Moses conversation, (laughs) and Sam says he took an art history course. It's good for meeting girls. Also, I'd like to point out that this is, I think this is the first, like, really weirdly decorated hotel room that they've been in. Oh, yeah. I'm about to talk about it. (laughs) Also, like, Sam saying that it's good for meeting girls, like, I'm positive, like, 100% positive that that's not why he took that course. No. Right. He Mm -hmm. just wanted to know about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Dean says, it's like I don't even know you. Um, they walk into their motel room and we see or we hear some disco music play. It's totally decked out in black and white mod decor. They both say, huh, at the same time. I and, mean, it's better than some of the other hotel rooms that they've been yeah, in. <laughs> it's kind of hard to look at, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it's like it's too I would busy. be dizzy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Dean asks what provenance means. Sam says it's a certificate of origin, like a biography. He says they can use them to track the history of the pieces, see if anything's got a freaky past. Dean says they're not going to get any info from Chuckles, but Sarah... Sam says, yeah, maybe you can get her to write it down on a cocktail napkin. (laughs) Dean says, not me, but Sam's like, nope, pickups are your thing. (laughs) Dean says, it wasn't my butt she was checking out. (laughs) <laughs> Sam says, in other words, you want me to use her to get information. Information. <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, sometimes you got to take one for the team. So, And he totally means, like, dude, go get that. Right. <laughs> it's not even like, oh, take one for the team. Poor you. It's like a, <laughs> yeah. you want to take one for the team. <laughs> exactly. We cut to Sam and Sarah at a fancy restaurant having dinner. She tells Sam that she's glad he called, but he seemed to have a hard time asking her out to dinner. He says he hasn't really been on a date for a while. She says, welcome to the club. A waiter comes over with menus and hands Sam the wine list. He peruses it, and we can tell he has no idea what he's doing. He's a beer guy. Yeah. Sarah finally says that she'll have a beer, and Sam says him too. 
Okay, but they don't say what kind of beer. I'm just no. going to put that out there. You can't just be like, give me your beer. Well, I feel like in fancier restaurants, they really only have like a couple. Still, it was unrealistic to me. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Supernatural is so realistic. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Sarah starts asking him about his life, like why he quit school, but he changes the subject pretty quickly. He asks her why she hasn't been on a date in a while, and she says her mom died about a year ago unexpectedly, so she went into a nice, safe, warm shell, but she's realized that her mom wouldn't have wanted that for her. Then she asks Sam why he hasn't been out and about, but he says it's a long story for another time. Uh, we cut back to their motel room. Sam is looking at the provenances. Dean is surprised that Sarah just copied them for Sam. Dean says, you didn't have to Connor or do any special favors. Sam says, would you get your mind out of the gutter, please? <laughs> he is flustered at this point. He is so flustered. He sounds like an old person. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> get off my lawn, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, um, when the case is done, they could stick around for a little bit. Sam says, why? And Dean replies, so you can take her out again. It's obvious you're into her. (laughs) Sam has noticed in the prominence for the creepy painting that every owner uh, of it has been killed. So we cut to nighttime. Sam and Dean hop a giant fence, and Sam disarms the alarm system at the Blake auction house. Dean picks a lock, and they break in. I don't think we've seen anyone disarm an alarm system before, so that was new. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I and, think that was the first one. Yeah, and also Dean um, picking the locks was new too, which I kind of like to see. Yeah, I think the only alarm system that we've even seen was with the like one the in Bloody the mirror, Mary. the Bloody Mary. Yeah, yeah. and but no they one just disarmed that. Set it, it off. Was, you know? yeah. <laughs> there was an alarm clearly, but they didn't. Yeah. disarm it. <laughs> so they find the painting, and Dean cuts it out of the frame. They take it outside and burn it. As it burns, we see it reappear in the frame. And we cut to the next morning. Dean is frantically looking for his wallet in their motel room. He thinks he must have dropped it the night before in the auction house. So they go back and Sam uh, and Sarah notices them snooping around. She's like, what are you doing here? And Sam tells her that they're leaving town and wanted to say goodbye. Dean says, what are you talking about? We're sticking around for at least another day or two. (laughs) Then he pulls his wallet out of his pants and gives Sam a $20 bill. Then he runs away. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I found it, and good luck. (laughs) Yeah, it's not I found it. It's, by the way, I had it in my pants the whole time. I was just getting you there. You know, I never really caught on to that, but it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way. Yeah, because he made a big deal of, like, pulling it out of his pocket and being like, I owe you this $20 bill. And then he, like, waggles his eyebrows at him. See, to me, I took that as, like, when he, because, you know, Sam was talking to Sarah and Dean was still snooping around trying to find the wallet. He was just playing the whole time. I, I don't know. To me, I mean, to me, it seemed like he had this was like his way of showing him, "Hey, look, I found it. Here's your money that I owed mm-hmm. you," sort of thing. Like, not that he had lost it to begin with. Like that never crossed my mind. I thought it was like, oh, really? oh thank goodness, here, look, I found it. We can leave now, sort of thing. No, nope. but then also like, oh, by the way, go talk to her though. <laughs> I don't think that's what's happening. I think he was just fucking with Sam the whole time. Yeah, and wanted to get him too because like I watched him. And he doesn't find it anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree to disagree on this one. That's fine. <laughs> Maybe you folks at home can tell us tell what us you what think. Tell us what you thought of it. Yeah. Because clearly we're on two different pages here. Yeah, I think, I think Dean was just trying to get Sam to talk to Sarah again. I think he was trying to show him that 
he found it. Okay. But not in a way of like, hey, by the way, I lost this and I found it. Or like, oh, hey, look, I found my wallet. And she would have been like, well, what What do you mean you found your wallet? You know? Like, mm-hmm. So, but... So Sarah tells Sam that she had a good time the night before, and maybe they should do it again sometime. But Sam says they really are leaving town today. Just then, someone carries the creepy painting by them, and Sam shouts, Oh, my God! Because it regrows itself. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it regrows itself. I mean, really, it's like a lizard. When they lose their tail, they just grow it back. I'm just thinking that. (laughs) Poor lizards. Um, (laughs) He says, That painting looks so good. And she says they sold the painting to the Telescas the night that they were murdered. Sam's like, so you're just going to sell it again? But she says, as much as my dad wants to, I won't let him. I think it'd be in bad taste. Sam tries to rush away and says he'll call her later and that he's not actually leaving today. Then we cut to Sam and Dean in their car uh, trying to figure out what to do about the painting. Sam says, in almost all the lore about haunted paintings, it's always the painting subjects that haunts them. So we cut to a library, a very helpful librarian, has done all the research for them. Like, almost creepy. (laughs) Yeah, he's, like, into it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The painting is of the Isaiah Merchant family. Isaiah slit his kids' throats, then his wife's, then his own. He was a barber and used a straight straight razor. Wow. (laughs) Rager. He uses a straight rager. I mean, he is raging a little bit. Let's be real. Right. People who knew Isaiah said he had a stern and harsh temperament, 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 wow. (laughs) He was stern and harsh (laughs) and controlled his family with an iron fist. His daughter was adopted. Uh, There were rumors that the wife was going to take the kids and leave, which was unheard of in that day and age. So instead, Isaiah killed them all. All their bodies were cremated. Uh, Then the librarian shows them a picture of the family. It's the picture of the creepy painting with a few differences. So here's the thing. When he was saying that he was a barber, mm-hmm. I immediately, like, I haven't seen Sweeney Todd, but I immediately went there because I just know enough about it to where it's like, you're a barber and you slit people's throats, right. basically. Like, right. that's pretty much all I know about Sweeney Todd. But, like, the so, little lights in my head were going, whoa, whoa! <laughs> and Sweeney Todd, not only do they do that, but they... They sing about it, too, they don't they? They sing about it, yeah. but they also sell meat pies. Oh, that's gross. And that's what it is, Rochelle. That's disgusting. I feel like I heard that at one point. Yeah. Maybe. But that's still disgusting. <laughs> it is a comedy. Really? Yeah. It's a comedy. It's a comedy? It's a comedy musical. Yeah. Huh. It's very lighthearted. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's interesting. I mean, it's it's a dark comedy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it is a comedy. Yeah. Huh. Uh-huh. I, when I saw it, I was hoping for a little more darkness. I was, you know, like, I've heard so much about it, that, and I haven't seen it yet, but I, I that's kind of one of those, like, should I watch it? Do I not watch it? Like, I've is it just going to be a bunch of people, like, dying and have it be just, like, you no. know, get, oh, like, yeah. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of that, obviously, but it's more I mean, about yeah. the relationship between Johnny Depp and what's her name? I don't know. <laughs> um, Bellatrix from Harry Potter. Oh. What's that chick's name? Because she's married to Tim Burton, or she was married to she Tim was, Burton, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. What's yeah. her name? Um, Helen Bonham. I don't know. Beat Helen sounds right, though. Bonham Carter, I want to say, but I don't know if that's right. I don't know. Anyway. We'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, we cut to the Blake auction house. The creepy painting is being um, hooked up, booked up. Boxed up. There we go. Boxed up. It's being boxed up. I can read my writing for transport. Sarah is like, Dad, you promised you wouldn't sell that thing. 
He says, Evelyn has offered a persuasive amount of money. She tells him he's shameless. And he replies, for that kind of money, I can afford to be. <laughs> like whoring himself out for paintings. Exactly. <laughs> we cut to Sam and Dean in their motel room. Sam is saying that the painting has changed. It originally had the dad looking straight out, but now he's looking down at his adopted daughter. So they think his spirit, uh, they think it's his spirit coming out of the paintings and slitting throats. Because he's the only one moving so far. Right. Yeah. yeah. Dean says that maybe um, other things in the painting have changed too, and it could give them some clues about how to stop him. So they've got to go take a look at the paintings again. He says, at the painting again. He says it's a good thing since Sam will get more time to crush on his girlfriend. <laughs> Sam's like, enough already. Ever since we got here, you've been trying to pimp me out to Sarah. Just back <laughs> off, all right? Dean says, you like her. She likes you. You're both consenting adults. <laughs> Dean says, Do something about I it. I <laughs> know. Dean says, what's the point? We'll just leave. We always leave. Dean says, he's not talking about marriage. Sam says, I don't get it. What do you care if I hook up? Dean says, maybe you wouldn't be so cranky all the time. <laughs> then he says, he thinks Sarah would be good for Sam. He says, I don't mean any disrespect, but I'm sure that this is about Jessica, right? Now, I don't know what it's like to lose somebody like that, but I would think that she would want you to be happy. God forbid, have fun once in a while, wouldn't she? And Sam says, yeah, I know she would. He says, part of this is about Jessica, but not the main part. But he won't tell Dean what the main part is. Uh, he calls Sarah so they can check out the painting, but she says they sold it to her friend Evelyn and gives Sam Evelyn's address. Uh, we cut to inside Evelyn's house. Uh, we see the creepy painting has been hung above her fireplace. She's sitting in front of it reading. We see Isaiah's head moving to look at her. It's staring people down like the Mona Lisa, let me tell you what. I know. If those eyes just follow you everywhere. But, like, less smug. Yeah. Well, also. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so funny story about the Mona Lisa. Oh, so yeah. I've seen it once because when we went to our trip to – or on our trip to Europe, we went to the Louvre. Mm -hmm. And it is, like <laughs> – it's the weirdest situation because you go in to this room where the Mona Lisa is and you see this huge crowd of people around this wall and it's the only painting on this wall and it's surrounded by like bulletproof glass, right? And you think like, I mean, the way they make it, they describe it in like art books or just how people talk about it. They make it seem like it's this like huge grand painting. It's really not. It's mm -hmm. small. Like yeah. it's not that big. I want to say it's probably like... I mean, it's definitely bigger than an 8 by 10 I think. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure. Like, I don't know what the exact dimensions of it, but it's not large. Like, yeah. you kind of, you're looking at it going like, that's it, you know? Like, yeah. What the heck? And there's so many people around it. It's ridiculous. And it's really cool. And it's, you know, it's fun to see and all that sort of stuff. It's hard. You can't even really get a good picture of it because, like, the r bulletproof glass is, like, reflective and whatnot. I mean, you yeah. can kind of, but not totally and then so here's the most aggravating part of all this right the person so there's another painter who you turn around and so you like go in and you look at the Mona Lisa and there's this wall right in the middle of the room and she's the only thing on the wall mm -hmm. you turn around and there's this wall that's covered I mean this huge painting that takes up this whole wall like this guy must have spent years and years and years doing this painting and it's super intricate like a bunch of different people in it like massive I'm talking like floor-to-ceiling type situation wow. and nobody's looking at it because everybody's looking at this tiny little dinky painting over there and it's like you guys look turn around you know like, what is wow this Weird. is much more impressive than 
you know, the Mo- I mean, okay, not saying that the Mona Lisa isn't impressive because it's really cool, mm-hmm. but still, it was just like a weird. It was so weird. That is weird how they have it set up like that. Yeah, and you kind of feel bad for the artist who did that huge painting and spent years and years and years because then it ends up being across from like one of the most famous paintings ever and mm-hmm. nobody even bothers to look at this painting that he spent so much time on. Yeah. You kind of feel bad for him. Right. But the yeah. Mona Lisa, wasn't it? It was like, it was a, it was like commissioned to be like, I don't know, a portrait of somebody and then he wasn't satisfied with it and so he like scrapped it. And then got recommissioned to do the actual Mona Lisa and like painted this on top of it. I don't know. Oh yeah, no, yeah, for real, I for don't, sure. I, don't I, I listened. Yeah. I listened to like a podcast about it. Actually, oh, yeah. yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I. I mean, I don't. I mean, I've never heard a whole lot about it. Other, mm-hmm. I mean, the most it's like, oh, you know, this person is the one that painted it. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the eyes follow you and you move, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much the extent of what I heard about it. It was cool to see it. Like, I'm glad that I saw it, but it was, I was almost unimpressed with it Mm -hmm. because it was so small and like, you can't, I mean, they've got like like roped off, so you can't get within 10 feet of the thing. So you can't really see it, you know? And it's just like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Also, why bulletproof glass? What do you think? Somebody's going to shoot a painting? (laughs) Like, what's the point? I mean, protection for it in case it like tried to, uh, somebody tried to steal it or something. I get Mm -hmm. that, but it was just kind of like, huh. Or like (laughs) fires, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Well, the thing is, though, is that from what I remember of it, it wasn't like completely covered. It was just like, I think it was kind of like over the top and then the sides, but there were still like air holes in like this. I don't, I don't exactly remember, but I don't remember it being like completely sealed off yeah it was still had like i don't think it would do anything for fires particularly Mm -hmm. because especially since it's on this wall right you would think that if the wall caught on fire then the thing it would just be done anyway yeah it's screwed you know huh glass or not but yeah yeah anyways (laughs) um so we see isaiah's head move to look at her uh something creeps up on her she turns her head to look at it and screams we cut to outside Evelyn's house. Sam and Dean pull up and Sarah is waiting for them in the driveway. She's like, tell me what's going on. You said Evelyn might be in danger. And Sam is really unhappy that Sarah's there. He's like, stop following me, man. Yeah, he's like, God, give me some space. <laughs> Dean, Get your Sarah. own tots. <laughs> <laughs> I went there. <laughs> Dean starts uh, picking the lock of the front door, and she asks, what are you guys, burglars? <laughs> they break into the house and see Evelyn in her chair, completely still with her back towards them. Like, sketchily still. Oh, yeah. there's, like, cl- there's She's no- clearly dead. Yeah. I mean, she's not reacting at all. Um, Sarah touches her, and Evelyn's head falls back, and you can see her throat was slit. Then Sarah notices, the, um, notices Isaiah in the painting turn his head to look at her. Uh, We cut to the motel room. Sarah knocks at the door and Sam lets her in. She says she lied to the cops and says she went to Evelyn's alone and found her like that. She says she'll go right back if they don't tell her uh, what's going on. So Sam uses his soft Sammy voice (laughs) and says the painting is haunted. (laughs) She says, God, the guys I go out with. (laughs) I mean... It kind of makes you want to, like, hear stories about the other guys she went out with. I really want to, yeah. Like, this seems to be normal for her. Right. 
So what are the other stories? Yeah, like, she's like, great, reading? here's another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam says, wherever the painting goes, people die, and they're just trying to stop it. She says she's going with them. Sam's like, no, go home. I don't want you to get hurt. She says, look, you guys are probably crazy, but if you're right about this, when me and my dad sold that painting, we might have got those people killed. I'm not saying I'm not scared, because I am scared as hell, but I'm not going to run and hide either. Dean says, Sam, marry Marry that girl. girl. (laughs) We cut to the three of them breaking into Evelyn's house again. They start looking for the differences in the painting. Uh, The straight razor used to be closed, but now it's open. Also, there's a painting in the background of the painting. Um, Originally, it was of a landscape, but now it shows um, a mausoleum in a cemetery. You'd think that would be super difficult, like, especially if it was, like, not your painting. It's somebody else's was like, oh, I'm going to paint this painting in something else, like, to have to duplicate that. That would be really hard, especially, like, on such a small scale like that. Yeah, for sure. It's impressive. Bob Ross could do it. He could do it. He could do anything. (laughs) He can do anything. (laughs) He could draw a happy little mausoleum. What a man. (laughs) I know. I love that guy. <laughs> and we're going to make some trees next to this mausoleum. Oh, happy little tree friend. <laughs> I just like how everything had a friend. Yeah. I think I've only seen like a couple episodes of that, but it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. I remember as a kid, because it would be on like PBS or whatever, mm-hmm. and after, I don't remember if it was on before one of the shows that I watched or after one of the shows that I watched, because yeah, I watched PBS. Me too. I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed of that. Right. <laughs> but... I would sometimes I'd just like sit there and I'd just like stare at it and I'd just like watch the whole thing and I would have no idea. Like I would just like lose all track of time and I'd just sit there and like drool at the TV for <laughs> however long the show was. You know? He made it all look so easy, but at the same time, I always knew that I could never do that. Oh, yeah. Um, I kind of. Okay, here's the thing. At some point, we need to get together and get canvases and paints and like do a simple like one of his things and just see if we can do it okay just for kicks and giggles to see like see how difficult it actually is because it seems like he explains it pretty darn well right right so i kind of want to see if he explains it well enough for me a complete art inadequate like i I cannot do anything artistic yeah (laughs) if i could do it okay (laughs) i'm super down we should do it at some point we should. We'll do it. Okay. <laughs> we'll totally do it. And then we'll put on our Facebook page <laughs> pictures of the results. And you can Here's tell our us. Bob Ross yeah. <laughs> tell us if we nailed it or not. I mean, it's probably going to be a not. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> you That'd be fun. Know. I'd you really like that. Um, on the mausoleum is the name Merchant. So they go to the cemetery and find the mausoleum. Sarah says, So this is what you guys do for a living. Sam says, not exactly. We don't get paid, Uh, which is true. So they break inside and find urns and the children's favorite toys behind glass displays. Sam says it was a tradition at the time. Whenever a child died, sometimes uh, they'd preserve the kid's favorite toy in a glass case, put it next to the headstones in the crypt. Which is kind of creepy. It's super creepy. (laughs) Dean notices that there are only four urns. Uh, the mom and the three kids. Isaiah is not there. So we cut to Sam and Sarah talking outside while Dean looks through um, county death certificates trying to find out what happened to Isaiah's body. Sam notices that Sarah has an eyelash stuck to her face, so he gets it off and tells her to make a wish and blow it off his finger. Here's the thing. 
Did you notice, or was it just me that noticed he had it on his middle finger, and he's literally just flipping her off the entire time? Oh, I didn't with notice this that. eyelash on his finger. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, here, blow on this. <laughs> I did not notice that. It was his middle finger. That was like the first thing I noticed. I'm like, dude, and like very like. It wasn't like a, oh, here, it's on, like, open hand, like, it's on this finger or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. he had his fingers, <laughs> like, he was giving her the bird. I bet that that, that Jared Padalecki did that on purpose he, to try and make her laugh. He also probably did. Yeah. These guys are known for being pranksters. Yeah. So, I, I mean, bet it that was super me. intentional. But, no, I didn't notice that. That's funny. <laughs> I got very distracted by it. <laughs> like, I'm ashamed to tell you how distracted by it I got. And I'm sitting there going, like, I couldn't like pay attention to anything that they were saying because I'm like he's flipping her off right now (laughs) (laughs) I just I did not notice that I'm gonna go back and make sure that you're not lying to me um she says can I ask you something I don't mean to be forward but a girl could wait here forever (laughs) is there something here between us or am I delusional Sam says she's not delusional but he doesn't think it would be a good idea because people around him keep getting physically hurt then he tells her about Jess and his mom dying He says that he thinks he's cursed. Sarah says she's a big girl and it's not his job to make decisions for her. She says there's always a chance of getting hurt. Sam says he's not talking about a broken heart in a tub of Haagen-Dazs. I mean. (laughs) I mean, that sounds pretty fucking good right now. (laughs) There's definitely ice cream in my freezer. No, we just ate like four pounds of bacon. I can't Okay, we each had like four pieces of bacon. (laughs) Okay, but along with that rum, it feels like four pounds. I'll feel and half of, av- of an avocado. I'm, I don't feel that good right now. <laughs> that was my dinner, folks. <laughs> that was my second dinner. <laughs> I'm not proud. I generally eat better than that, but let me tell you what, bacon, sometimes you need it. I saw it at the store and I was like, I need this crap right now. And then I was, because I originally, all I went for was avocados. You know what I went to the store for? Avocados. I came out with avocados. <laughs> Bacon, ginger ale, and rum. Because <laughs> you were like, Lynn's coming over. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so he's not talking about haagen <laughs> He's talking about life and death. She says, and tomorrow I could get hit by a bus. That's what life is. She says, uh, when you shut out pain, you shut out everything else too. Sam says that the pain he went through, he can't go through it again. Dean interrupts and says that the surviving relatives of the merchant family were so ashamed of Isaiah that they didn't want him interred with the rest of the family. So they handed him over to the county and they buried him in a casket. We cut to nighttime. Sarah is watching Sam and Dean dig up Isaiah's grave. She says, you guys seem to be uncomfortably comfortable with us. (laughs) Also, Um, is this the first grave digging that we've seen? I don't... Or did we see another one? I don't think it's the first one. It crossed my mind. I'm like, I don't think we've seen this before, but I could totally be wrong. I I mean, they've salt and burned bones before, but I don't know if they've dug up a grave Well, in the asylum... Right, exactly. ...burned the crazy doctor guy, but I don't remember I don't know. This This might be the first grave that you see them dig up. With its perfect sides in the grave. I know. There's no way. I feel like maybe there was one before. but I, I don't know. That's be... what I was kind of thinking when I was like, there might have been one before and they're not remembering, but this seems like it's the first one. Yeah. Did they, in the first episode, did they dig up the woman in white's grave? No. I don't. Oh, did they? I can't remember. They might have. I can't remember at all. That drives me crazy. It's very possible that they did. 
Because how else would they, how how did they kill her? Well, Sam drove her into the house, and her kids came in and just they all melted together. Yeah. They splashed to the floor. You know, maybe they didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't think they did. I mean, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think they did. I think bringing her into the house is what did her in. Right. Right. I don't know. That makes me feel crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, so they salt and burn the bones. Uh, they go back to Evelyn's house. Sam and Sarah go into the house to get the painting so that they can bury it. Dean stays in the car to give them some alone time. <laughs> they get to the painting and notice that the little girl is missing along with a straight razor. Uh-uh. They hear creepy little girl giggling and the front door slams shut. No, thank you. So this little girl is um, the little girl who plays... Um, the little armless, well, the one-armed zombie in Cabin in the Woods. What? Yeah. What's her name in that? It's not Constance. I don't Constance even remember a pa- one-armed girl. Is it Patience? It's like the main, it's the main, like, zombie girl. I don't remember a zombie girl. <laughs> oh my God, it's like you never even watched that movie. I know, right? Were you talking the whole time? Possibly. I think I watched it with you. No, you didn't. <laughs> I, 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 did. I like made you borrow it from me, and you said you watched it with someone. I think a dude. Who did I who, watch it with? Who said that they already had it, and you didn't, need to, you didn't need to borrow it. That's all I remember about it. You watched it with a friend who already owned it. Who, did I, who would I have watched that with? I thought I watched it with you. No, we weren't really friends yet. We were like pseudo friends. You were just like sending me stuff to watch. Yeah. I was like, like, watch this. And you were like, okay, watch Frozen. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember. Who would I? I I must have watched that with my roommate. I feel like it was a dude. I don't know who I would have watched it with, though. I don't have that many guy friends. I mean, some. But none that I would have watched that with, I don't think. I don't know. You never told me their name. It was before you had a roommate. I'm almost positive. Before I had a roommate? Yeah. I think when we mm. met, I was already living as my roommate. I don't think so. I mean, you would know better than I would. I'm pretty sure I was. that was when I was in my apartment. So Okay. I, just, I feel like I remember you telling me you were going to get out an apartment. Really? Yeah. Have we known each other that long? <laughs> I mean, it's been... Like more than it's been four years, yeah. Well, yeah, because I was Kill- pregnant. House, Killian's Killian. three and a half. Three and a half. So yeah, that's probably I, yeah four or so years. Right. Which would so I've been, you know, probably I was probably right before I got my apartment. I think it. I think it was because I. I feel like I remember you telling me like, oh, I'm getting this apartment and blah blah blah. Yeah. I don't know who I would have watched it with. If I watched it with somebody, it was probably my roommate. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know who else have I watched it with. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to it's not that I guess it's not important for the podcast. But anyway. But the point is that you need to watch it again so that you remember. <laughs> so I can remember more it's things. been four years. That's far too long anyway. You should <laughs> never go so that long. there's so many things that I haven't seen yet that I should probably watch before I start rewatching. this things. one is so important. <laughs> you say that about all of the movies. No, though. I don't. And I really mean it about like, this Like, you one. really need to watch this. I really... Okay, the things you really, really need to watch is Cabin in the Woods and um, Moulin Rouge <laughs> and The Fifth Element. 
You know, I've seen the last 20 minutes of Moulin Rouge like Okay, we don't need to watch that part of it. We just need to watch the other parts of it. (laughs) Because every time I've seen it, it's been on TV, and I've only ever seen the last 20 minutes. (laughs) You need to see Ewan McGregor, like, yell singing at someone, we should be lovers. I definitely missed that. (laughs) Yeah, that's something that every girl needs to see. And every guy. (laughs) Everyone needs to see this. I should try and get Chris to watch it with me. He probably wouldn't want to. Does he like musicals? Uh, He's okay with some of them. Okay. I think he's not, like, he wouldn't pick to watch a musical. I mean, he likes Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's, like, his favorite thing, but he didn't mind it. Right. So... I don't know. Maybe. I might be able to get him to watch it if I give him, like, well, it's kind of like Phantom of the Opera. I mean, I've been to, like, Moulin Rouge parties. <laughs> you know? I did not know this existed. It, it doesn't get better. It's my friend Diana. Yeah. The, the girl I was telling you about earlier. <laughs> yeah. The girl I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, so they hear a creepy little girl giggling and the front door slams shut. Uh, Sam and Dean get on the phone with each other, and Sam explains that it's the little girl haunting the painting, and the dad's spirit was trying to warn them. So Dean's trying to pick the lock, but the door isn't budging. Sam and Sarah start looking for salt and iron. Sarah says, or Sarah asks what the iron is for, and Sam tells her it will it will repel spirits, but the iron's got to be pure. Uh, then all the doors start slamming shut in the house, and the little girl comes walking towards them with a razor. Super dead eyes, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. This little girl, she was also in um, a miniseries of Stephen King's, I think I think Kingdom Hospital. So she she's Not like, ever, she yeah. always plays like a little. Creepy, yeah. dead things. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't think she's creepy and dead in that. Maybe she is for some of it. Anyways, it's like her thing, and I really, I really respect this little girl for being in like all the horror that I love. Yeah, you know, I mean, you She's know, probably not a little girl anymore, but still, probably not. It's I'm always impressed with kids that can play. Like, I mean, to be fair, it probably does not seem half as scary when you're in it because it's oh, sure. so monotonous after a while. Like, let me just say this line fifteen hundred times. It's not scary anymore. It loses its charm. Yeah, but like. You know, at some you think it would still be kind of creepy, and I'm always impressed with kids that can do that sort of stuff. Right, and know? also like, oh, excuse me, also like her parents being like, "Yes, I'm gonna let you be in this scary movie or whatever." Maybe they're horror film fanatics. I mean, Who I knows? hope so. Gosh, maybe I could get Killian into like horror movie acting. <laughs> get him to do his dead face. <laughs> yeah, hasn't done that in a while though. Yeah, now he does this. <laughs> when he's trying to be evil he does that i've seen him do like he like tilts his head down and like kind of furrows his eyebrows at you and like looks up at you like yeah mm, you know? yeah he does that <laughs> he's so cute he is cute <laughs> so sam grabs um uh, a fireplace poker and swings it through her and she disappears sarah says uh, they used to auction antique dolls back in the day people used to make dolls in the kids image they would even use the kids real hair so sam tells dean that the hair is human remains same as bones they say at the same time the mausoleum <laughs> dean drives back to the cemetery while sam and sarah try to fend off the little girl ghost um <laughs> dean has trouble but eventually breaks the glass uh holding the doll uh, by shooting it. <laughs> Which I thought was just ridiculous because the whole time he's like sitting there banging at it with the butt of his gun and I'm like, dude, it's a gun. 
shoot it. Yeah, like, he just what like, are you doing? You know what? He got there eventually. But there's no, I mean, it's probably not bulletproof. Right. <laughs> he lights the doll's hair on fire and the ghost flames out and is destroyed. Uh, Sam had tackled Sarah and fallen on top of her to shield her from the spirit. <laughs> and, and she looks at him with googly eyes. <laughs> she liked it. <laughs> yeah, she did. Uh, we cut to the morning at the auction house. The painting is being boxed up and Sarah tells the workers to take it out back and burn it. <laughs> Dean pulls out a report that says um, that he says was archived in the county records. Uh, the merchant's adopted daughter, Melanie, was up for adoption because her real family was murdered in their beds. I wonder by who. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so Dean goes to wait in the car so Sam and Sarah can say goodbye. On the way out, Dean mutters, I'm the one who burned the doll and destroyed the spirit, but don't think me or anything. <laughs> he is bitter that Sammy got the girl. Yeah. Like, he, I think he's glad for Sammy, but also at the same time, he's like... How come she didn't like me? You yeah, know, like, he totally That is. happens every time that there's a girl that likes Sammy. He's, like, put off that right. they wouldn't just automatically fall in love with him instead of Sammy. Like, right. Like, he doesn't, he obviously does not think that, he thinks that he's more attractive than Sammy. Yeah. Very obviously. Right. <laughs> Sarah says to Sam, there are a million things I want to say to you, but for the life of me, I can't think of one. Sam says, yeah, I'll miss you too. Oh. I know. <laughs> she says, there's a lesson in all of this. We all got through it in one piece. She didn't get hurt, so maybe Sam isn't cursed. She says, maybe you'll come back and see me. He says he will. Then Sam uh, goes outside uh, and walks towards a very disappointed-looking Dean. We see Sarah inside looking incredibly sad. Then Sam knocks on the door. Kind of wistful. (laughs) Yeah, she does. Longing-like. Right. Right. Then Sam knocks on the door, and they start smooching. (laughs) Go get her, Sam. I know. (laughs) Dean says, that's my boy. <laughs> and, He's so proud of him. <laughs> yes. And credits. So this is Sammy's second kiss, right? Since Jessica died. What was the first one? Crazy hookman girl. Crazy-eyed girl from the hookman episode. You know, the really religious, like, daughter of a reverend girl from hookman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is his second. <laughs> yeah. He's branching out. Yeah. <laughs> This one's an improvement, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go straight into my thoughts real quick. Yeah, go. This is totally relevant. Let's do it. I think Sarah is the personality that Sammy needs. Oh, yeah, she's great. She always just says exactly what's on her mind and very, like, cohesively, I guess. And, like, brings him out of his shell, too. Like, he's very, like, he doubts himself a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think she's definitely the person that's like, dude, like, go with it or do the, you know, like, and, right. like encouraging him all, encouraging him all the time. Yeah. Which I like her. I like her too. I she's, just like her. She's got a great personality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. I don't know why my brain went here, but we were, so when we first saw, it was like a close up of Sammy and Sarah when they first met. Sammy's got pimples on his face, and that's all I can focus on. <laughs> I did not notice that. Poor Jared. And you could tell there's makeup over it. Oh, of like, course. Yeah. You know, like, and because he's got, like, I mean, it's like, okay, you know the girls in middle school that would, like, cake so much, because you could tell they had bad acne, but they would cake so much makeup over their face that you couldn't see the color of the acne, but you could still see the yeah. bumps and stuff underneath mm-hmm. it. That's what it looked like no, to me. No, I totally do that when I have acne, so I get it. But, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, it distracted me. Yeah. And I saw it a couple of times. Like, it caught my eye. Every time there was a close-up oh, of Sammy, I was like, he's got to sit on his face! You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was too much for me. My brain could not handle it. Oh, that. man. <sighs> but anyways, my only other thought was that, when, so when you pull up to the auction at the very beginning, mm-hmm. or like towards the beginning, um, and you see all the different cars that are lined up, and they're all, like, these really nice sports cars and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, Baby looks totally out of place, but totally looks badass, too. Like, yeah. It's like a, yeah, does not belong, but also, like, looks way cooler than these other shiny sports cars. Yeah. You know? Like. Yeah. I noticed that, too. It, it, it's it's pretty awesome. It, it's really awesome. But. <laughs> Anyways, so what's your favorite moment from this episode? Oh. <laughs> I was not prepared. Tell me yours first. So my favorite is when Sammy, when they're looking to for the salt and the iron and all that sort of stuff. What kind of house doesn't have salt? Low sodium freaks? <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite. And I think that's a pretty popular quote. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Series. So. My favorite part was... Um, when Dean and Sam were talking and Dean was like, hey, this is about Jessica, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure that she would want you to be happy. Yeah. And Sam was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I guess you're right. I think it for me, too, that I liked that one because it was the first time that you could tell Sam. He kind of, like, took a step back and, like, looked at the situation instead of just staying in this, like, oh, I'm, like, sad all the time. Yeah. Like, not that he's still not sad, but he was able to kind of, like oh, you know, like, I guess maybe, like, this could be part of the reason why, you know, and, yeah. like, I guess I shouldn't get stuck on this, you know, because mm-hmm. you gotta keep living, Yeah, Right, and but. I just, I liked, I liked Dean being able to say that to him with no snark at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, actually meaning it being sincere. Sincere. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> being sincere. Yes. Yeah. Dean had the right tone about it. He wasn't fucking around with him. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. Was, he was able to say it in a way that Sammy needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. So I really yeah. liked that. Sammy responds more to the sensitive side of things than right. Dean being a little pill towards him. Yes. <laughs> but, oh. So some interesting facts from this episode. Um, so when Sam and Dean are looking at the painting together, Dean calls Sam Jared instead of Sam. Um, the editing team missed it, so it's in the episode as the final cut. So we actually, right before we started this episode, we're like, we need to find where this happened. Right. And I'm not convinced that he actually, I mean, okay, I believe that he said Jared because that's what they put in there. And they're like, they probably caught it and were like, oh, you know, but to me, it still sounds like he's saying Sam. I heard like, Jared. I, it's like a one-syllable Jared, though. And I, yeah. I heard Jared, but only because I was looking for it. Could it be the Texas accent? Possibly. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I heard Jared. I heard Jared. Yeah. I mean, I heard it the first time, but the more we listened, because we watched it like five times. Right. <laughs> I heard it the first time, and I kind of heard it the second time, but then after that... I, I started kind of hearing Sam more, but I wonder if it's not just, like, my brain filling in the blanks and not me actually, like, That's, you know. Yeah, I don't know, because Jared and Sam sound very different. They do sound very different, but they sound 
I mean, I think it's because he's kind of like mumbling it. Yeah. He didn't, that's probably why they missed it too. Oh yeah, for it's sure. Because he wasn't like saying it super, he was just kind of like, hey dude, like, you know, like he yeah. wasn't being super clear about it, which I mean was totally intentional. Like you could tell it was intentional, but it was just kind of like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we definitely watched it. And it was when they were, um, it's a scene where they go back into the house with Sarah and they've got the printout of the picture that they had gotten from the book from the library. And they're like um, comparing. comparing them and trying to see like what the differences are and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So go back and watch it, folks, and tell us what you think. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I think he says Jared. I think... It's it's the strangest thing because I think I mean I know he's saying Jared there because obviously they wouldn't have like written it down as mm-hmm. be, that being what it was, but it was so weird to me though because the first few times or the first couple times it sounded like Jared and after that it started sounding more like Sam so I don't know yeah when I copied down these notes I think I got this off of IMDb mm-hmm. um, and. I didn't write down the whole entry for this interesting fact, but um, a part of it did say that um, Jensen said that, yes, he said Jared right there. Yeah. So the actor, like, admitted it or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I believe that he did it. It just just still sounds like Sam to me for some reason. Like, I don't know why. I think it's the one-syllableness of it. Probably. Like, my brain just fills in the rest of it as being Sam. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, so... Um, the chalk line from the old lady's death, um, in, so this is Evelyn. Evelyn, right. Um, yeah. What? I thought it was tape. I mean, it could definitely be chalk. I don't know. It's just a white line, but. I think I always assume that it's tape. Yeah, you would think. I don't know. Whatever. But (laughs) the line from the old lady's death, um, has Darth Vader in it with a lightsaber, which I totally missed. I never saw that. I didn't see that. Like, I, I kind of want to go back and look at that Yeah, me too. But. Yeah. Huh. At any rate. Um, so when Sam and Dean arrive at the auction, we see three luxury cars parked next to the Impala. Um, the second car is a Bentley with the license plate that says the Crip. This is a reference to Supernatural creator and executive producer Eric Kripke, which I always have a problem saying his name. Also, when I first, <laughs> when I was watching this, I didn't think Kripke. I was like, why would they have a Crip? <laughs> reference like the gang you know like I'm oh sitting there thinking, like, I thought it was the I immediately went to the Crip Keeper Crip, I immediately Crip went to gang <laughs> wow I don't know why I went to the Crip Keeper which I can't say it's the Crip Keeper Crip Keegles oh no oh no that's a terrible oh, idea no. <laughs> keep them in keep them in listen once you're dead you don't have to do Kegels anymore <laughs> leaking then you probably <laughs> stop doing it. <laughs> Why is it always Kegels and Pink Eye with us? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's happening anymore. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. That was pretty good. <laughs> so a couple of references that I got from this episode. I think I missed one that was, we were, or it came up when we were going through the notes or whatever, and I don't remember what it was, but, um, so 
when they're talking about um, oh, what's his name? Um, Merchant, right? Isaiah Merchant. Yes, Isaiah Merchant. When they were talking about him being a barber and like you know cutting people's throats and stuff, they. Mm-hmm. Were saying that he like Columbia neckties people basically, mm-hmm. and I didn't really like. I've heard that so many times, but I didn't really like know what it was or what it meant. I, I mean, I knew it had something to do with probably somebody's throat being slit, but that's about all right. that I knew, you know. Uh, so I looked it up. Um, the Colombian necktie is also known as the Sicilian necktie, which oh. I automatically go to Princess Bride. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> when death is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so, oh, inconceivable! I don't think that word th- means what you think it means. Oh, uh, I want to watch that. Peanut? <laughs> Hello, my name is Nico Montoya. Let's stop. Like, we gotta stop. We gotta stop. We gotta stop. We gotta stop. Okay. We gotta stop. We could go on. We... That Monty Python, I could just keep going. Oh, see, I haven't. I've seen Monty Python once, and I was so little that I don't remember it at all. We should you watch it. You would think it's hilarious. I know. I love British it. humor. Okay. We need to watch okay. it. It's so funny. It's okay. it's hilarious. Um. So, anyways, back to the Colombian necktie. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> it's a post mortem mutilation in South America, where basically. Which I thought was surprising that they would do it after they were dead. Like, it wasn't how they cut... It wasn't like they slit their throat and they died. Hmm. Like, it was a after they were dead, they were basically like, you know, here's what we're going to do to them. Mutilating, mutilating them, basically. And huh. so they would cut the throat horizontally, and then they would pull the tongue out through the neck. Which I think is interesting, because me knowing anatomy like I do, there's no way that's possible. Because your tongue does not go down that far. Mm-hmm. Well, you rip it down that far is a thing. You can't, though. There'd be no way. Then how do they do it? I don't know. I think, well, so when I was looking this up, it, there was a site that was like, there's no way this is physically possible. Oh, okay. You know, like, but this is like So maybe it's just like an urban legend, kind of? Kind of, but here, so I don't know. There's enough in there that is like, oh, it was started by this person, blah, 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 that it's kind of like, I wonder if it's like... That's not exactly what they did, but it seemed like that. It so kind of looked like, like it. Like, yeah. Assumed or whatever. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they'd pull their tongue out through their throat, supposedly. Um, Gross. So it started as a method of psychological warfare in Colombia um, in a period of violence, based, political violence known as La Violencia. Mm hmm. I probably butchered that, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Raquel, don't kill me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that was terrible. I've my, my Spanish is no so good. Um, <laughs> um, so basically it was just meant to scare and intimidate people. So Pablo Escobar, who's like a really famous drug lord was supposedly be the was supposedly the one that like started all of this okay or like at least took the credit for starting it i don't know if he actually did or not but um yeah it was like a gang thing Mm -hmm. you know like here's how we intimidate people like don't come on our turf we're gonna do this to you sort of thing you know like i don't know it's like a putting heads on pike sort of thing that's kind of what reminded me reminded me of it was like don't come into our city or else this is gonna happen Mm -hmm. you know um but anyways uh so one of the other references they made was for the da vinci code um which is basically i mean the da vinci code is like very 
intricate. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of different things that happen. There's all these different like, you know, scenarios that it's like getting clues from different things. But basically, the whole outline of this is you're they're getting clues from art to solve some sort of mystery, which right. is kind of I, I'm thinking that's how they tied it into this episode because mm-hmm. they're trying to like find the puzzle pieces from the artwork and like inspect it co- closely, sort of thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. So. Our research from this episode, um, it's from the Mysterious Universe website. Um, the most notorious and well-known haunted painting is a work by Bill Stoneham mm-hmm. called The Hands Resist Him. Um, that's a I, creepy fucking name. Yeah. I mean, that that's it's not good. Already, I don't want to see it. You know, <laughs> this does not seem like something that I want to stare at. You know? <laughs> like that doll thing. Yeah. You want to go visit it. I don't want to visit this. I really want to visit Robert the doll so bad. I feel like that would be one of those, like, here, you go visit that. Like, I would go on the road trip with you. And I'd be like, I'm going to take Killian from for some ice cream while you go and have your little doll moment. <laughs> yeah. I'm not visiting Robert by myself. Well, I'm not going. <laughs> I am not bringing Killian to visit Robert the doll. Oh, no. However. You bring Eric. He'll go yeah. with you. And then I'll go take Killian somewhere for okay. a, you know, ice cream or some variety of whatever. You that, know? Sounds, that sounds perfect. <laughs> It'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, so in 1972, Stoneham was contracted to produce two works of art per month for gallery owner Charles Fangarden. Um, Stoneham created this painting based on an old photo of himself when he was five. Um, it was titled after a poem his wife had written for him about how he had been adopted and never knew his biological parents. Um, interesting. The result is an image depicting a young boy and a creepy-looking dead-eyed female doll standing in front of a glass-paneled door. <laughs> nope. Against yeah. a numer- against which numerous spectral hands press out from the darkness beyond the glass. Dude, Which I've, I, I've seen it. I'll show you a picture of the painting. It's it's pretty creepy. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> it's super creepy. Yeah. I, you know, here's the thing is, like, how do people come up with this stuff? Well, that's how. You know, he was like, hey, this is like a picture of me. Didn't he base it on a picture of himself? Is that what you just said? I mean, yeah, but, like. Well, I think he goes on to explain what everything I mean, represents. Like a poem or whatever, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, is like him based off of a picture of himself and then a poem. Yeah. But still, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> like, pretty creepy. How does like, I don't know. That's just kind of a that's a, that's a dark place to go. <laughs> that's a dark place to go, my friend. Right. <laughs> I, I don't want to go to that place. <laughs> um. So Stoneham has said that the boy is himself at age five. The doorway represents a barrier between the waking world and uh, the dream world. And the doll is the one who will guide him through the doorway into the world of fantasy. So the doll is like, you know, a Chucky sort of situation. (laughs) Or a Robert sort of situation. Um, The hands represent all of the possibilities, which is interesting. You're supposed to wonder, are these disembodied hands? Are they dismembered, floating in space? Or are they connected to bodies that are, like, you know, I would assume that they're, like, assuming that the bodies would be, like, trying to break through the wall or something, Mm -hmm. you know? Um... The painting was displayed at the fa- the Fane Garden Gallery and then purchased by actor Jim or John sorry John Marley. Um, within a year of coming into contact with the painting, three people died. An art critic named Henry Seldes, um, the gallery owner Fane Garden, and the owner of the painting John Marley. After that, the painting disappeared until the year two thousand, when a couple found it. it 
found it left abandoned behind a California brewery that had been turned into an art space, which you would think That's weird. that it wouldn't just be like there by Well, there's a know? whole missing story there somewhere. You know there's what I mean? There's gotta be. I would know, love like, to know there's that. There's a chunk of time that... Some... There's somebody who owned it and it was like, fuck this, I'm putting it in the alleyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it can terrorize anything but where I'm at. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um... So in February of the year 2000, the couple put the painting up for sale, um, and they put they put it on eBay, claiming that their four and a half year old daughter kept saying the children in the painting kept fighting and coming into the room during the night. Nope, <laughs> that's a big fucking nope. You know, kids say the darndest things, but I would be inclined to believe it if a kid said something like that. Yeah, you know, just because. I mean, okay, kids are more susceptible to that sort of stuff. Like they have more. Like, I don't know, to me, like, they're more open to things than we are because yeah. they don't know, you know, like, they haven't They don't have a sense of, like, that's impossible. Yeah, no, yeah. they're, I mean, whether it be their imagination or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like, right. they're, I mean, it's kind of, to me, it's kind of like children and animals to, like, seem to have more, like awareness i guess of certain things Mm -hmm. than like what we would but um yeah you know if i had a four and a half year old and they're like there's somebody that keeps coming out of the painting and i don't like it i'd be like we're burning it then yeah totally i don't care how much money i paid for this i'm gonna burn it right (laughs) it's it's done (laughs) yeah i don't want to deal with it anymore um so the couple set up a motion-triggered camera and saw the footage. Uh, saw in the footage the boy exiting the painting under threat, as well as an image of the doll threatening the boy with a pistol in her hand. Which where did the pistol come from? Like well, that wasn't in the painting in originally, the, was it? In the painting, there she is holding something that's almost gun-shaped. Okay. So I, I'll show it to you after this. Yeah, very strange, yeah. but but yeah. Mm. So many people reported strange occurrences by merely viewing the painting online, which. Yay. Maybe I don't want to look at it. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> Some people have said they felt nauseous, faint, dizzy, or irrationally terrified while looking at the image, while others claimed that their children would run away screaming when they saw it or that infants would cry in its presence. Which, just, how are you just getting an a, infant to look at a picture on a... On you're like, not. You have an infant in the room while it's on your computer. I think that's what that means, like, in its presence. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. I would, I mean, to me, I would think, like, that... If, like, for somehow, somehow, like, the baby saw it on, mm-hmm. like, the screen or something. or I don't know. Whatever. But um, a few online viewers claimed that their printer would malfunction if they tried to download the image of the painting. Um, so by download, I'm guessing they, like, actually tried to print it out. Mm-hmm. Um, people also reported hearing eerie disem eerie disembodied voices or feeling hot gusts of air when looking at the painting um blanking out for long periods of time being gripped by some unseen force being grabbed or tickled by invisible hands or even having their mind controlled by a mysterious entity let me just say right now that like i would much rather be grabbed by something than tickled by something (laughs) me too god is it just me (laughs) i gotta say like if if something like that was to do something i'd want it to be like 
there and done with, not like a little like hee 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 hee. Yeah. No, I don't, don't want to be tickled. I don't want it to be messing with me. Like if it's gonna do something, do something, but don't mess with me like that. Like, yeah. Ugh, I don't want any of that to happen. Let's be real. None of that. <laughs> None of this is okay. None of this I want to happen. <laughs> But it would freak me out more to be tickled by something. Yes, agreed. <laughs> I would be like... I'd just be I confused. Uh, I would be probably... Um, yeah, I, I would automatically probably think there was a spider. <laughs> right. I'd be like, there's a bug on me. Oh, no. <laughs> but anyways. Um, so, yeah. Um, the hands resist him is currently kept in storage at the Smith Gallery in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, it's only been taken out six times for be- viewing, and every time the painting has stirred up feelings of unease and dread. Wow. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I gotta say about that. That's super creepy. I don't like any of it. Oh. I don't like any of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Not today. So, what was your idget or ass butt moment? (laughs) So, speaking of hands. (laughs) Oh, no. So, uh, it was me being an idget. It truly was. There is no other excuse. (laughs) So, okay. Chris and I were going to do engagement photos this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to do something with my hair for once. I'm going to try. You know, I'm going to actually make it look like I tried to do something with my life. Oh, no. Tried to look different than what I normally do which is no makeup and I wash my hair and just let it air dry and call it good because I couldn't be bothered yeah (laughs) but um so I I was trying to curl my hair with I I curled it I was I was successful I shouldn't say I was trying to I was successful but in the process of curling my hair with this wand thing I didn't have the glove or I couldn't find the glove there is a glove somewhere yeah (laughs) I don't know where it is and I don't know if maybe, like, my mom thought it was, like, a loofah glove. And, like, I don't know. Used it for that. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I kept wrapping, you know, as I was wrapping my hair, I kept, like, nicking my fingers or, like, my knuckles or, like, the back of my hand on the wand part of it. And it gets really hot. Like, that is much hotter than my straightener or a curling iron. Like, yeah. it is so hot. And I'm like, okay. I could do like my hair is pretty thick and it does not curl easily but I could take a decent chunk of hair and wrap it around hold it for like 10-15 seconds and it's like curled and it stays that way wow like it's impressive (laughs) but um so I burned I counted today earlier I burned myself in seven individual places but eight times total because I hit one of the spots twice oh no (laughs) and you know, so I was having to pretty much wear, like, gloves at work all day long. And one of the burns is on my knuckle. And so every time I move it, it, like, kind of cracks it open again. Oh, yeah. But there's literally, like, a chunk of skin missing. Like, Ugh. there's no... I mean, it's like, if you were to take, like... Oh, what are those things? Um, I don't know what they're called. But basically, it looks like somebody just kind of, like dug underneath my skin and, like, lifted up a layer of it and just, Ugh. like, tore it off. You know? Gross. Because, <laughs> well, and it didn't look like that originally. It just looked kind of shiny. Yeah. But I think when I was in the shower this morning and, like, I must have, like, just scrubbed my hand somehow or, like, hit it with the loofah and it just, like, peeled off the top layer or whatever, which, mm. so I didn't feel it at the time because it was probably, like, loose enough and whatever right. and it was already dead that it didn't, I didn't feel it, but then <laughs> it's been open all day long. And then the other one that's bad 
<laughs> so I hit it with the, with the wand and I knew I hit it with the wand and it started burning and it hurt a lot. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so as I was, you know, continuing to do my hair, I, I hit it again, but I didn't realize it right away because it was already burning from the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, it wasn't like pressed hard on there because it would have felt the pressure, but I think it was just on the surface of my skin enough to where it made like a blister pretty instantaneously. Mm-hmm. And then also the top layer of skin over the blister, pro- I think got stuck to the wand. And so when I pulled my hand off of it, when I realized that I was burning myself again, it just like ripped open the blister. Ugh. And so I've got like this like weird, like bunched up skin on one side of it. And then just like a big hole. Oh my God. <laughs> it's great. And I've got like all these different little like burn marks. I've got three, four on my thumb and then three spots on, you know, my hand, like the back of my hand slash my, my pointer finger. <laughs> so that was my agent moment. And the thing is, it was stupid is the more I tried to be careful, the more I burned myself. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to watch how I do this. And, how, and like, it must be something to do with me watching myself move in the mirror to oh, where yeah. I couldn't like coordinate it right. <laughs> right. And I just kept burning myself over and over again. Like the more I thought about it, the worse it got. But... Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, it's fine. It was just me being an idiot, you know. Like, you have like burn marks all over your. I hands. do. I just. I. They don't. They don't look good. Yeah. <laughs> it does not look good at all. But you know, it is what it is. So. <laughs> but so, what was your idiot or ass butt moment? Well, I had to work the other night. The other night, I think, which was yesterday. Yes, it was yesterday. Um, and I had a closing shift, which is like three and a half whole hours. <laughs> so I worked from 4 to 7.30. And, um, you know, that's like, I normally eat dinner at like 4.35. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll eat like a little like a little snack before my shift starts. And then when I get home around 8, I'll have dinner. Mm-hmm. Okay, no big deal. Um, so... Like, so we, we close the store and my manager comes over with like a bucket and a mop and, and like, I haven't like used a real mop, like a real one. Like with a rag like, mop? Yeah. In rag mop. Do you know that song? No. R-A-G-G-M-O-P-P rag mop. I don't know that song. I think it's a Girl Scout song. Okay. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> Anyways. Well, I haven't used one of those in like. 20 years <laughs> so it was just like a whole weird experience but um she was like I need you to mop the whole store because like the district manager's boss or whatever like the regional manager is coming in and I was like yeah. okay so so I was like I can do this whole store in 15 minutes sure which is not possible I'm just gonna say there's a lot of floor space there so I'm doing it and I'm trying to do it fast and I realized that like I am practically hyperventilating like I'm almost done but I am like lightheaded. I'm like hyperventilating. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have a massive panic attack. And I'm like, what is the matter with me? And you know what? It was low blood sugar. <laughs> like in those moments, I can never tell, like, do I need to poop? Like, <laughs> do I need to throw up? Am I going to have a panic attack? Maybe I just have acid reflux. Like, <laughs> Who knows? In those moments, it's all very confusing. <laughs> what exactly it is. It low blood sugar. Anyway, so I almost passed out. I got all like gray around the edges of my vision. <laughs> okay, so how you were just motioning your hand made me like think that you were going to say, I got like gray hairs from this. <laughs> you were like waving your hand around your head like somehow like you were getting gray hairs from this experience. <laughs> uh, 
Well, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so that was my idiot moment. I was a dumbass and didn't eat enough food <laughs> and tried to mop a floor really quickly and my body just almost could, passed out. My body could not deal with it. <laughs> too much, too much. <laughs> Which is super pathetic. So I mean, you know, it makes for a good story though. <laughs> so well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgets and aspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out, or visit our Facebook page, Idgets and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.